Joel Junker here with Cameron Brooks, and welcome to another episode of the Cameron Brooks Podcast. Uh, this is a unique podcast, as I think they're all unique, of course, with different topics and ideas. But in this one, uh, Cameron Brooks alumnus Chris Parks, who's a former Marine Corps officer, talks about empathy. Uh, it's a unique topic, I believe, uh, because most times we don't think of a military officer as empathetic, or certainly maybe a Marine Corps officer at that as one that's empathetic. But empathy, the ability to really step into somebody else's shoes, uh, Chris found uh, that is key to being successful as a leader in business. And he felt like he really developed that empathetic leadership stance uh, while he was in the Marine Corps, being able to relate with his young uh, Marines and the difficulties and challenges and sacrifices that they made when he would give them feedback or hold them to standards. And uh, his boss... uh, was observing him interact with his team and uh, gave him feedback that she was really impressed with him and his ability to be empathetic with his team while he was in as a sales manager with a company called Pactive. Chris turned around, wrote me an email uh, that he didn't realize that that was actually a trait that military officers would be able to bring with them to business. We so often hear about team leadership and project management, problem solving. We don't hear about the ability to be empathetic. Interestingly, about the same time, the Harvard uh, Business Review, great business uh, magazine, uh, had an uh, article about empathetic organizations. And so I've also put that in the blog post that's associated with uh, this podcast. But it's a great interview with Chris talking about empathy, how to develop that empathy and why it's important. So I hope you enjoy. Chris, welcome to the Cameron Brooks Podcast. Uh, really appreciate you you taking the time to be with us. Uh, if you could just start off with sharing with the uh, with our audience uh, a little bit about your military background and now what you do uh, with Pactive Corporation in the in your business career. Uh, yes, thanks for, thanks for having me, Joel. So um, I was in the uh, the Marine Corps. I started out and enlisted uh, in the reserves when I was in college, and I got my commission after college. Um, I was an infantry officer, and uh, I did several tours overseas and decided to uh, get out um, in 2000, 2018. And, so um, now I'm working with uh, Pactive, and I am a uh, district sales manager in the, the Northeast, so uh, I'm up in the New England area. So why don't you share with the team what Pactive does, and as a sales manager, what your main, your main responsibilities are? Okay, so so Pactive is um, uh, it's a food packaging company. We um, we sell from to restaurants, we sell to grocery stores, uh, and I, I tell people every day there's probably something that you've touched or something that is in your house that we make. Um, so what I do, uh, district sales manager in the Northeast, is um, I work with my regional sales managers. That is my boss. And with um, some of our uh, our brokers who represent our company, um, really from Maine all the way down to the Northern Virginia area. And uh, man, my main role is to to help my boss out and be where she can't be, and then to help um, help the brokers in any way I can, uh, whether it be putting out fires or. Maybe there's something that you know they have a question about, or there's something 
up in our corporate headquarters that needs to be resolved um, and, and offering any helpful feedback I can uh, at, at any time. So, You know, one of the, the perceptions that people have about sales that it's really an individual contributor role, you're not, I might not use my leadership. Um, how are you using, or like how many people are you leading and how are you using your leadership in this sales position? So, so right now, um, got about uh, 15 um, brokers that, that work for us that, that represent the Pactive line. Um, you know, and the, the interesting thing is that my boss is, uh, is exceptional. Um, she is, she's been in the, the industry for, uh, you know, almost 20 years. She's, she's very intelligent, very knowledgeable. Um, I think some of the things that, that my strengths are is the ability to kind of uh, manage people and personnel, um, whether it's, you know, how do we evaluate people? How do we, how do we coach people? How do we mentor people? Um, and what is the, what is the plan uh, for that? So I think that's really it there, you know, when you're a, in sales as just a regular sales rep, um, you may not have to lead, you know, use your, your leadership strengths uh, as much um, if you're not direct, you know, over anybody. But um, if you're in, if once you move up into any level of sales management, that, that comes into fruition. But just because if you're not leading people, um, still some of the traits that you get from being in the military are, are, are very applicable. You know, your, your hard work, your responsiveness, um, your ability to work, you know, with others to to learn about other 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 people, you know, your your customers. So those are things that you had to do when you were in the military, when you were in charge of people. So they're still very valuable. Uh, and what were what were some of the reasons that you uh, chose uh, active in the and also a sales career once you made the transition um, from from the Marine Corps to this this career? So the, um, the the cool thing about Pactive is they have a they have a history of hiring um, military officers. So there was uh, there was there was multiple people that were in the company uh, that were had been in the military of all branches. Um, they they held different roles uh, across the company. So I just felt like there was a it was a good cultural cultural fit. Um, the the other good thing about it was that it was it was I think large enough to where there was room to grow and there was room that large enough to where you could say, you know, that interests me. Maybe I want to go into that. So your ability to move um, horizontally, diagonally, vertically uh, was, was there. Um, so I liked the size. The, I also kind of felt like even though it was a large company, it was still relatively, relatively small. Um, from a standpoint of, you know, the, the team that I was, I'm working with is, is relatively small. So, um, you know, and the, the way that we, the way that we're structured, you're constantly moving and, and meeting other people, um, you know, whether via, via email or phone calls, having to go to, to national, national meetings. I mean, it still felt had a kind of a small, feel to it like like the Marine Corps. So um that that was one of the reasons why I chose 
or some of the reasons I chose back then. What would you say to those people that have some perceptions of sales? It's cold calling, I'm operating independently, uh, it's high travel, um, I'm going to miss being around teams. I think those are some of the common misperceptions. What would your, your feedback from your experience so far be with both being an individual contributor to sales but also being in a sales management position? Um, I mean, you, you are going to travel, but depending on the company that you work for and the role that you, you take, I mean, some of your, your travel may be local. So um, when I first got hired on my PACTIF, I was a territory sales manager in Northern California. Um, most of my travel was um, really, I, at most, being gone for a night. It was pretty regional. Uh, you know, I had from Fresno all the way up to the Oregon border and then from San Francisco out to Reno. So most of my travel was I'd be gone for the day um, and back that afternoon or evening. Um, if I did have to do overnight, it was, you know, one night. Um, and as far as working with a team, you know, I, a lot of it is independent, but it, it still doesn't mean that you can't have a, a team atmosphere. So, um, you know, now I have my team, I have, you know, there's my boss, but there's all the, the brokers that, that, that represent us. Um, and I, I think that we, we have a good team and a lot of it is, you know, we're, we're on the phone, we're emailing constantly. I am on the road, uh, at, at least once a week doing an overnight once a week, um, if not two. So it's going and spending time with those individuals and, and seeing what they're encountering. When I was in Northern California, you know, there was my boss, but there was a, a rep down in Southern California. I mean, her and I were on the, on the phone every day. Um, but because my company also hires a lot of military officers, there, there was very few days where I wasn't talking on the phone with some of my counterparts who were also territory sales managers, who were, were also veterans, um, you know, discussing problems, discussing solutions. I mean, there's still a team atmosphere, even though you're kind of, uh, you're, you're out on your own. So once again, I think it, it can be what you make of it. Um, if you if you don't make the effort to, to to reach out to people and to get to know people, whether they're your um, your your they work for you or they work uh, alongside you or they're your boss, then you're you're not going to have a team atmosphere. But that that could really be that could happen in an office. So it is what you make of it. Well, in um Let's let's kind of get into the main topic of this um, of this podcast. You sent me an email after like a, a revelatory type of uh, conversation you had with your boss, and recognizing that there were some things that a junior officer brings to to corporate America that maybe aren't as apparent to everybody on the surface. So why don't you dive into that experience and, and let's let's kind of talk about that conversation with your boss and what you learned. Okay. Um, so, you know, my, my boss and I had, uh, we had gone to uh, a meeting and we were with um, one of the brokers and um, it, was, it was his meeting, it was his presentation. Um, but, you know, one of the, it wasn't even necessarily about that individual broker, but we, we were talking and she said, you know, you, you're teaching me patience. 
And I was like, well, what do you mean? She was like, you, you never seem to get truly frustrated with, uh, with people um, when they don't do maybe what you expect them to or, or perform to your level. And no, I just kind of was like, oh, well, thank you. Um, you kind of don't, coming from the, the military, it's like you don't really know how to take a compliment. I mean, when you're walking through an airport, somebody says, thank you for your service or, or something. Um, I don't really ever know how to respond to that. So I think we're kind of bred into us to not know how to how to take a compliment. Um, but, you know, later on that night, I was in my hotel room and I was responding to some emails and it's kind of, it, it crept back into my, my head. And, you know, I, I thought about it for a second and I was like, well, you know, when we're coming, when we're coming out, we're going through the Cameron Brooks program. Um, we're, we're always, you know, I think some of the things that we're, we even come up with ourselves that we want to sell ourselves as we're good team players. Um, we're hardworking, you know, we mission, we're all about mission accomplishment, getting the job done. Some of those, those kind of primary things that we focus on. But as I sat there and thought about her comment, you know, where does that, that patience come from? Well, you know, I think it, as I, the more and more I thought about it, it, I think it kind of comes from us, our ability to be, to, to show empathy and to be empathetic. And when we are coming, coming up as a, a lieutenant and as you move up to, to captain, major, whatever your rank is, you know, you're constantly put into team situations that where you're in charge of, of people, you're in charge of teams, and you don't you don't really ever get to choose those teams. Those uh, those teams are it's it's based on a lot of different factors. So those teams are essentially that's the team that you have to work with. Whoever shows up, whoever gets uh, you know orders to your your command, that's that's who you have to work with. So you also have to accomplish very difficult, you know, tasks, very difficult missions with that team. Um, high stress, uh, you know, and can be very dangerous missions with that team. So you, you really have to develop a sense of empathy and learning how to, how to work with people. And, you know, I, I, when I was typing the email, I looked up empathy, um, and the, it was the ability to understand and share the feelings of, of, a, of another, but the synonyms were understanding of sensitivity towards sensibility to identification with awareness of, and that, that, and that awareness of is really, I think what we're, we develop, you know, so you have to, you know, you, let's say you're a platoon commander, you get 45, uh, you know, individuals that you're put in charge of, well, not everybody is going to have the same skills. Yeah, they've they've all been through a lot of the all the same training, but some have different strengths, some have different weaknesses. You know, a guy who may be uh great at 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 shooting and be a great great infantryman, um, you know, maybe he's not so good with operating the radio. Maybe a guy who's not so good at at shooting and stuff like that. Maybe he's more technologically savvy. Maybe that's the guy that you want as your radio operator. So there's, you know, we constantly, and there's no sense about getting mad and losing your patience with people just because they have different strengths or weaknesses. You really have to just, 
you know, develop that sense of empathy, be aware of, and then make that, that team work and succeed uh, with you. So. Um, so how do you, why do you think empathy as a military officer is so important to be successful? Because I think if you, if you don't have a, a sense of empathy, if you're, you're not aware, um, you, you don't have the ability to, to understand um, where people are coming from and what they bring to the table, then you're, you're going to, you're, you're going to, you're going to fail. Um, so, you know, trying to put a, a square peg in a round hole. If I, if I'm trying to force someone to do something that doesn't cater to their strengths, um, or I just blindly assign a task to someone without, you know, taking into account what those strengths are, then I'm, I'm setting, setting them up for failure and I'm setting the team up for failure. So, you know, my, my ability or any other officer's ability to, to have that level of empathy, I think is, is, is crucial to, to, to having success. And how do you think overall, um, or at least in what ways other than, or how are you leveraging, I should say, this empathy and how are people responding to you? like your team and other managers or not managers, but you're like your distributors or the people that you're leading, how are they responding to that? I mean, I, I think it's, it's interesting because I've, I've actually had, I actually had another one of my brokers say something to me. He was like, you know, he's like, I feel like sometimes people get frustrated with me because I, I ask a lot of questions and I, I tend to be kind of, um, you know, I always want to know the why. He said that you always seem to have a, a really cool, cool head. You never get frustrated with me. You, you take the time. And I, you know, I, I told him, I said, man, I, I go, I, un, I understand uh, where you're coming from and the things that you, yeah, you're different from some of the other individuals that we work with or that I work with. But if I just shut you out, then what what good is that going to do? Well, you're going to turn me off. You're going to, you know, say, well, hey, I'm not going to take the time to do something for that guy. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, it is something that you, that I that have noticed. And it's not even something that I was necessarily paying attention to, but the fact that when, you know, my boss says something and then I have, uh, someone else say something, it, it, it kind of got my, the, the wheels turning and, and made me start to think, well, maybe this is something that we, we all have. And it's something that we're not capitalizing and, and selling ourselves on as a, as a positive trait when we're interviewing for, for jobs. What it, in, how do you think, what are ways that we are seeing recommendations that you would make for people who, um, increase their empathy or become better at, uh, at being empathetic with other people? Um, you know, I think a, a lot of it starts with, uh, with showing a genuine concern and, and a genuine interest. Um, and, it, and that can't be fake. It has to be something that you, you know, and whether it's uh, someone that works for you or whether it's a, it's a customer, um, you know, and 
empathy is something that we use in sales all the time. Um, and it's, if you, you have to get out there and you actually have to care about people. Um, so I, I think by showing that you care and, and asking questions and then, and then actually having active listening skills to where somebody uh, responds and then you actually listen to them, not just as they're talking, you think about the next question that they're going to ask or that you want to ask. You know, is there a follow-up question? Well, they said, you know, you said this, well, hey, you know, what, how did that, how did that make you feel? Or what did you think about that? Or is there something that it could, you think that we could have done better? I mean, it's, it's active listening. Um, and I think if you, if you can do that, where you actually get to know people and know what they're passionate about, then I, I definitely think that that's a, a way to, to, to be and become more empathetic, but it, it can't be faked. If it's, if it's not genuine, then anybody's going to sense that, well, you're just asking me because you have to, or that mm -hmm. you're trying to get something out of me. So, mm -hmm. um, in, would you, in, what other, so you talked about how the importance of empathy is, is there any other advice that you would give to junior officers who are making the transition? Um, let's just take, now, like they're just getting started in business, what would you say are some of the big things that they should focus on to be successful? Um, I think the, you know, the, the big things um, is one, you know, you've got to come in with a with an open mind, realize that you're you're not in the military anymore, and you know, be proud of what of what you did, but there's um, you, you don't need to wear it on your sleeve. Uh, I think one of the, the compliments, I almost take it as a compliment, is somebody said, I, I didn't even know that you were in the Marine Corps. You don't, you don't talk about it. You are the most calm, uh, one of the most calm people uh, and relaxed I've ever met. Um, you know, Marines are kind of known for being high-strung and <laughs> being very boisterous. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, be proud of what you did, but don't wear it on your, on your, on your sleeve. The, the other thing I would say, and it's almost a counter to that, is don't forget some of the things that you learned in the military and some of the strengths. Don't be afraid to bring uh, that, hey, I know how to manage people. I, I know how to, how to lead people. Um, don't, don't forget to, to always be able to bring that to the forefront. Um, and it's it's something that as I've stepped into this this new role, to to be to be honest, my my boss because she is so good and she is um, so proficient, and it's intimidating at times. It's it's almost like I need to sit there and be in receive mode. And and there's times that I catch myself where I I probably need to speak up more and say, hey, I know how to do that. There's there's something I can bring to the table because this is this involves leading people and involves managing people. Um, so. You know, don't don't be afraid when it's something that's especially in your wheelhouse from your, you know, whether it be four or ten years experience to to bring up and and offer offer your perspective on. Um, and you'd be surprised at some of the things and some of the people that are you know, 
and, and you know, up in a company that would be, oh, wow, that's a really good idea. Um, and you're like, wow, you know, that guy, he's, he's like the VP and he just said, I had a good idea. Uh, and it's, it's just because you bring a different perspective of things. So. Interesting. That's really good. Um, in terms of being able to speak up and, and be listening. And one of the things I continue to hear from everybody that's made the transition is how important it is to be humble, willing to listen, listen to other people, ask questions and not, you know, you don't have to have all the answers and that's okay. Especially as you're just starting out. Yes. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of meetings that I go to where I, I don't say anything. And it's, it's because I, I'm sitting there with, you know, um, a director of purchasing for a billion dollar company and or a several billion dollar company and a, uh, a, a VP. And then, you know, my boss, I mean, it is, it is, is a listening to the conversations and the, the ideas and the, the the plans and the things that they're saying is it's a it's a crash course in in the in the business world not only in um in in my persp in in my particular industry or business but in I think for everybody so it's I, I mean I learn something every day I, I was on a conference call five minutes before uh, before this and I was listening to our, our vice president and I'm just like man. This guy, he he knows what he's talking about, and it's it's a it's apparent. So I mean, you you have to realize that you you're not always the smartest guy in the room. Awesome, Chris, you've been fantastic. Any parting words for people that are making the transition who are just starting their career? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, obviously, good luck, and um, I I I really. Uh, it's always great to see veterans uh, when I cross paths with with any of them uh, from any of the different branches. Uh, there's always kind of that that unspoken brotherhood um, that you that you have. So good luck to to all of y'all, the ones that are are in the Cameron Brooks program right now, getting ready for the the career your career conference. It's going to be uh, an amazing experience. And I'm not just saying that. Uh, I look back on that. It's a a, a great uh, a great time. Um, and I, I truly enjoyed, and I'm, like I said, I'm not just saying that I really did. And then for the guys that are out there, uh, guys and gals that are out there in the business world already, you know, keep, keep plugging away and, um, realize that we represent, uh, the, the guys and gals that are going to come after us. So we have to, to make a good impression because we don't want to ruin the playing field for when they're trying to get out. Excellent, Chris. I appreciate your generosity to devote some time today to talk with us and share your experience. Oh, thanks for having me, Joel. I appreciate it. Thank you listen, for listening to another Cameron Brooks podcast. Appreciate you uh, taking the time to, uh, to be with us. For more information, uh, I encourage you to visit our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. Uh, you've got our book, PCS to Corporate America, the fourth edition, which you can order from our website. And feel free to always email me with any questions at joel at cameron-brooks.com.